Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Saints Radio. <laughs> I almost waited for you to translate. <laughs> it's which, awful. Which language, would you like for me to, which language would you like for me to translate? Oh, you, man. I, I, it's so goofy. Like French? Yeah. I would like that. Um, you want me to interpret like in the spirit? <laughs> <laughs> like interpret in tongues i could we could do a kind of a reverse a little reverse activation where you speak in english and i speak in tongues oh goodness we've never done that before <laughs> well i guess we could have a new program that would be called interpretation and we could just have somebody speak in tongues and then somebody interpret that could be the whole broadcast all the way through <laughs> we would probably get some measure of notoriety for that yeah, and I don't think anybody could say that was just idle chit-chat. That's true. That's true. Of course, somebody could say, you know what, I, I have a great gift of interpretation, and I can tell you right now that what they're saying in tongues is chit-chat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. It's, it's good to welcome you um, on this almost rainy day here in Dallas. Yeah, it keeps threatening to rain, and yeah, everything's so pretty and green. I know. Um, I was walking the church parking lot yesterday because one of my jobs is a uh, couple times, uh, at least three times each summer, I walk through the lot at the first light and spray weeds that crop up out of our parking lot, so... I was walking yesterday, and sure enough, I could see the beginnings of weeds and different things. And so um, I was going to do it today, but I saw that rain was coming. So one of these days, uh, I'll go out there and do it. And so you say things are greening up. They are. But that also means that task, which I don't mind doing it. I spray those weeds and I declare the blood of Jesus over our lot and I speak blessing over any of the curses that have been spoken. So it's kind of a spiritual thing and it's kind of a horticultural thing as well. So you didn't ask for all that, but you said things are greening up and that's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of tension in this neighborhood. There's a lot of spiritual uh, dynamics, things, but also, yes, yes. And uh, yeah, one of the things I, I really love about it is driving through the neighborhood. It, not only it, it, in the springtime, but also in the fall because it is beautiful. And there's the trees are blooming and and um, you can't help but just rejoice in that because I know that we are in the midst of God's timing in these seasons and really try to to um, to hear from Him about that. So, Amen. Remember, remember last year, I think it was last year. I don't think it was 2020 when we had that migration of birds. Oh, yeah. 
and we just had, I can't remember the kinds of birds, but we had so many of these little birds that just migrated through this neighborhood. And I, I don't know, maybe throughout Dallas, I don't know. I just am here. And I remember sitting in here doing um, Zooms with, with you and with the French people and um, on different broadcasts. And I, I sit in this room that is actually my prayer room that was Noah's room, which I guess is still his room when he comes home, at least for now. Well, always, and uh, and those bird, there's windows all around, and those birds. I was so afraid one of those birds was going to fly through the window, you uh -huh. know, hit the window. But, yeah, anyway. I remember we had uh, Katie and I counted over thirty robins out in our front yard. Thirty robins. That's yeah. Yeah. And then when spring hit last year at this time, I had an army of dragonflies that were in my front yard. I mean, there were oh, really? dozens of them. They were just zooming everywhere. And I I would get up in the morning and I'd, uh, for pr prayer, and I'd be out there and I'd, I'd be talking to them and proclaiming and did research on what they represented. And But those dragonflies were everywhere. And I was so grateful because you know how much I love mosquitoes. And I saw <laughs> that dragonflies are an enemy to mosquitoes. And I thought, thank you. God sent an, an armada of... Uh, dragonflies to catch those pesty suckers yeah but, we definitely need that well it's uh it's uh passion week here and i mentioned that yesterday to our french uh saints and luke and sylvie told me that they don't call it passion week over there they call it something the week of the saints, the week of holiness, but it's, oh, wow. it's the saint week. So that was pretty neat. Hey, something, something along those lines, it's something that funny that I heard yesterday. I went to the doctor as I was telling you and, and my doctor was telling me about a funeral that he had gone to on Friday with Dr. Meister. And it was a radiologist that has worked with them and their 12 year old son had passed away. Oh. And the reason he was telling me this was because, I know, it's it's very sad, was that he was raised in the Catholic Church and he, um, at some point in his young life, broke free of Catholicism and is now in somewhat of a, a church-like, I don't want to say it's Church of the Saints, but a Pentecostal kind of environment. But anyway, he said, I have not been back in a Catholic church in years and he was he was just sharing his observations about that experience but he said the greatest thing was they had holy water that was hand sanitizer <laughs> and so what they, <laughs> what they had done is that they had these big hand this big hand sanitizer unit i don't know if it was on the wall or just stationed like on a, a stand or something and it said holy water and people would you know put their hand under there to get their hand sanitized and they said that they had prayed over this hand sanitizer and it was now holy water oh and he said i literally like, take that thing with like he said if i knew i wouldn't just get struck by lightning i wanted to just take that thing with me and go and um and and pour it on certain things that i know needed to be sanitized or sanctified oh <laughs> my god Goodness. I thought we could, we could, we could start selling 
hand sanitizer that we've prayed over and it could be a holy sanctified hand sanitizer or water wow that's but pretty I, I thought yeah so i shared with him the the funny story about clay jenkins and tossing the communion elements into the cars during <laughs> the <laughs> did he laugh he laughed oh yeah he laughed Oh, yeah, so toss him a he, communion he also, <laughs> After I told him that, he said, you know, that's not a bad idea. He said, he said, I literally sat there and watched hundreds of people go up and take, because when they have a funeral like that, I don't know if you've ever been to like a real Catholic funeral where they're shaking the smoke and, you know, they have a whole mass. No. But he said, I watched hundreds of people. He said it took over an hour for them to take communion. Hundreds of people go to the front and drink out of the same cup. Whoa. I know. And he was just like, he just couldn't believe it. Like, I cannot believe that, first of all, you know, there's COVID waiting to happen. But second of all, that we've come so far since 2020 that that's actually okay. Wow. Anyway. Wow. We, well, now, we, you know, we could, <clears throat> we, we could market that. But it would have to be some type of thieves uh, oil or something like that because you couldn't use Purell or any of those things. But you'd have to use thieves oil. And the way you could say it is just as Jesus was on the cross in between two thieves, um, if there are things that are suspect that surround you, you can use this blessed thieves oil um, and you could really make it like a Golgotha kind of a thing, almost like Ooh. a circumcision. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. We'll have to get the sparrows or some of those Florida Florida saints to, to whip up as a concoction <laughs> with yeah, their essential. Robin, get after it. Robin is going <laughs> to go into the apothecary right now, and she's going to, you know, they've got those, it's, it's kind of like watching Sven Gulli on TV on Saturday night. You know, those old movies and this guy, you could have the, the, the beakers that are boiling over here and, you know, smoke rising on the other side and different colored lights. I suspect Robin has a room like that. So you have Annette up in the tower monitoring all of the meteorological things where any saint or potential saint is, but then you have Robin in the apothecary mixing up these elixirs. I think we've got it. Of course, now, now on the uh, on the on the flying buttress, I guess Annette would be up in the crow's nest, talking about what weather conditions are coming. But Robin would be dumb somewhere down in the hold, making those elixirs. So you have well, Robin. A... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, she just texted and said that the thieves have a sanitizer. <laughs> because I, I, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think the whole principle of the sanitizer linked with sanctification and Jesus on the cross. I mean, I, I think that all applies somehow, right? Because he took care of our sins and then we step into, we get saved. We step into this walk of, of sanctification, which is a continual walk. But um, yeah. Well... <laughs> So, uh, wow. See, even though we're uh, a thousand miles away from our Floridian family, we still, I mean, you're still in our crosshairs, you know? And um, 
Oh, God, you know, again, I remember when I used to, well, we used to have, we used to have our Indian brother come up here and he would talk to wanting Annette to come. And then we had to stop doing that because it wasn't politically correct. And then, you know, we would have the pirate come in and he would talk about knowing Captain Sparrow. But I'm sure that there were some pirates somewhere that were offended by that. So we had to stop doing that, too. <laughs> I guess I guess you. You could. Um, you could do an Italian accent because you could get away with it. Mm. I don't know what I could do. I guess I could still do. You could do French, too. From Lyon, uh, I could really? do my Inspector Clouseau horrible French English accent. I could do the Irish, but the Irish don't mind if you talk about them. They just they think it's funny, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, with the Irish, you have to be careful with those Irish because they have vocabulary words that aren't necessarily appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that are part of their vernacular. You know, they're just part of their 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 normal vocabulary. Well, we'll have to work on it because we've got to do everything we can to amp up this broadcast to make it more entertaining for people, you know. And, well, when he uh, was telling me about that, I was thinking about just you know, all the relics that we've seen in the Catholic churches that we've visited over the course of the years in different countries. And, and I thought this is probably going to become a relic, you know, in, in, in a number, in, in hundreds and hundreds of years up the road, there'll probably be relics of holy water, hand sanitizer, in some of those glass cases and some of those cathedrals that where we've seen all those different relics. <laughs> Right, right. And leave it to the Catholics. I mean, to be creative that way. I mean, hey, I guess I thought it was pretty clever. I mean, I, I did. I thought, I thought that's pretty. I wish I'd have thought of that. Well, you know, you know, they're on they're on top of their game when it comes to uh, relics and, um, you know, things of uh, things of that nature. Um, so, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, as you can tell, we're, um, we're off to a good start here. <laughs> it's a good thing God has a sense of humor. And he, I think he, he smiles at some of these things. Some things down some here of I don't necessarily smiling them. at. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you know, yesterday, uh, I I went home, and uh, Kelly had brought the baby over, and but she also brought Maya, their youngest dog, over. And it reminded me of Hank and Shadow and Scarlet because um, Maya loves to bark at the squirrels through the window, and she's oh. just she's just passionate about it. So yesterday afternoon, I came down out of the happy place to see what Levi was up to, but I saw 
a couple of squirrels running around our backyard and they were playing or it was kind of like a, a, a mating ritual or something, but you've seen them chase one another around. And so oh, yeah. I said, Maya, come here. And I let Maya go out in the back porch and Maya spied those squirrels and off she went like a rocket, just boom, she chased those squirrels and she almost got to them. And they ran up the tree, but they continued playing. And she was standing, Maya was standing on her back paws, just reaching up, trying to trying to fly up to them. And then she laid down back there in the midst of the grass, just kind of waiting for them to forget that she was there. So one of them forgot she was there, and it came down out of the tree. And all of a sudden, Maya took off, and that squirrel took off. And Maya almost got the squirrel, but it hit the fence, climbed up the fence, and went up another tree. It was very entertaining to watch. That's yes. my that's my dog story. I don't usually have them. You're, the, you're usually the one who has them. Oh, I have lots of them. Yeah, those squirrels. I mean, they're they're so frisky, and that I watch them sometimes. How they just they they'll. It's, they'll they'll taunt my dogs and they'll almost like flirting with them trying to get them to chase them and they'll it's really funny and you know i i i swear some well, I swear sometimes it, it's almost like they're communicating you know the squirrel will be up on the fence and it'll be looking down scarlet will be looking up at it and and it'll be you know wagging his tail or whatever they do with their tails and yeah. making these noises and she's just barking up a storm because she's <laughs> it, it's it's really funny to watch but uh yeah yeah squirrels <laughs> make those weird noises they make these weird noises and i think that's such a strange noise um but anyway that's my uh so what? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. No, it's that's my that's story. my dog story. That's it. Well, you you started talking about Holy Week or Passion Week, and um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about. That. Of course, I'm sure we all have, and it's 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 sobering, but at the same time, it's it's such a celebration, and. Uh, I know that we have communion on Friday, and, and of course you have opened that to the whole network. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I really do want to encourage the saints to to partake in communion. And I mean, I I I I told myself that I was going to take communion every day because there's something about this season that we've been in. And I know that it's been a season of waiting and a season, you know, somewhat of a sila. Um, in a lot of different respects, everybody's going through what they're going through and everybody has a story. But I just, I just feel like the Lord is bringing us to a focal point. And, and there's been a lot of shaking. I mean, I've sensed a lot of shaking, not just in my personal life, but absolutely in my personal life. And I can't separate my personal life and what God is 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 requiring me to walk through just over this last season um 
you know, I can't separate that from, from who I am as a saint and what I'm called to in my position as a saint. And so I was praying this morning pre-broadcast and, and I was just asking the Lord, you know, it, it, it's like communion brings us to a place where with all the peripheral things that are happening, with all the shaking, with all the ways that, you know, I don't want to just say the enemy, the Lord has allowed things to come into our lives, distractions and, and responsibilities and burdens and things like that that are noble and that are necessary. But it, it always comes back to the one thing, you know, the best thing, which is him and keeping him in the center and keeping our focus on him. And, and I know that I've been talking a lot through the broadcast and whatever about just how the enemy is really trying to bring these distractions. And quite a few people have reached out to me and said that they're experiencing that, they're really trying to overcome that. It's definitely been a strategy. But, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to know how to balance these real life responsibilities, these real life burdens, whether they're um, sicknesses or you know, ill parents, aging parents, or overcoming, um, you know, whatever it might be. And so for me, it's like coming to the table, it makes me remember and really just give thanks for, you know, him being the center and the one thing. And I'm not really expressing this very well. But I just want to encourage everyone to just to partake. And, and you know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And I think the closer we get into where we're headed, when he says, I'm going to shake everything that can't be, sh-, you know, everything, I'm going to shake it. And those things that can't be shaken will remain. I feel like he's allowed things to be shaken around us to test us in that one thing, you know, who we are and what our calling is. And I just, I feel that just surrounding us. And um, it's, it's so powerful because we will not be shaken if we keep our focus, if we keep our heart, if we keep, if we sit at his feet and, and, and we heed his word and we're obedient to his commands, we won't be shaken. So anyway, that's, that's a long way. That's a long way for me to express very cryptically what I've been sensing about this week. Wow. And yeah. So, well, it's, um, it, you know, it's the, the, both of us were raised in the church and yes. from different types of pursuit in Christianity, but basically the same fundamental believe the word of God thing. So grateful for that. But I have to admit that being raised in the church um, and then, of course, at Easter, I was always in some kind of a choir or something. And what that meant was every night you were stuck at rehearsal. And then the actual weekend itself, you were doing two, three performances. And so it kind of, I know that that's good, but it kind of dumbed the whole thing down for me. 
And, and even when we would partake of communion once a month. You know, as a kid, I was more concerned about being punished if I had some sin in my life when I went up there than actually that, that and just almost like a thank you to Jesus for what he did for us, which are both good pursuits, not the punishment part, but to give thanks to the Lord. But I never really thought about the empowerment of it. And, um, um, and so even today, I'm just confessing. This is my confessional. <laughs> Forgive I, me, Father Fry. <laughs> yeah. I have to make myself strip away the, the commonality, or that's not a good word, the commonness of communion that is kind of ingrained in me because of the way I was raised. And I'm not faulting that. I'm not faulting the way I was raised. I know God did things through communion that I wasn't aware of, but and I'm grateful for those. But uh, even this, when I think of on whenever we have communion here, I the, one of the first things I have to do when I step away with that little cup and the cracker in my hand is to kind of emerge from that ingrained mentality of really not expecting anything. Whoa. It's it's a strange deal. Yeah, but how I mean how good of God to have given you just fresh just an ongoing fresh revelation of of the bread and the wine and of the empowerment of the blood and of the, I don't know. There's, there's just been, he's been so faithful. I think to, to breathe that through you that I think, and I'm just prophesying this over you that this week brings an end to that that religious mindset or the, the commonality of, of, of the past. And he breathes fresh, just his breath upon you when you partake and it becomes something so alive and so new. And, you know, I grew up in a church and, and, you know, I have to say that communion and, and we're just confessing, we're confessing here. I never really fully understood communion. I mean, I took it out of obedience and it was a cool thing to do when I was growing up. I'm thankful. I mean, I inherited my grandfather's communion element, you know, his cups and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I cherished that, but I was never, it was never really something like you said, it was just, that just was alive in me until I, under the message of, you know, the revelatory message that we've been given, the understanding of the bread, the understanding of the blood, the sprinkling of the blood, you know, all the different ways that God has breathed life into that. But then when we were separated over 2020, the Lord very personally began to minister to me. 
and it was out of a point of obedience where he said, I want you to start taking communion, just you, before me. And if there's somebody here, invite them to join. But it didn't have to be some ceremonial thing. It was between me and him, and I, it was different every day. And um, if there was somebody here, I would invite them to come to the table, and they would do it with me. But it was, I mean, I knew it was between me and the Lord. And it has become something that is such a a passionate thing in my heart. And there's such an expectation, just in the simplicity of it. And so, I don't know, I just feel like there's just a, there's something very special the Lord has for us this week with regards to that measure of obedience. And, um, and I love that. And I think during the time we were separated during 2020, I think so much of it was, um, I held on to the unity of the body and I stood on behalf of the unity of the body that God would keep us yoked together um, at his table. And that was just something he had me prophetically do. And then several months ago when I was working with the the French saints over the Zoom teachings and we talked about the the body and the blood being the point of the or the fellowship of Christ, the Lord just opened up a whole new dimension of his heart to us. And, and, and there was such a spirit of unity that, I mean, I'm still, I, I'm still sitting in that. Hmm. And I know it's not just for, for those French saints, even though we need our French saints to be unified during this time, because, you know, those guys are still, they're not on lockdown, but they're still restricted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's um, well, I th- I think that it's something that uh, I, that there are probably a lot of people uh, who are part of the Saints Network who were raised in that kind of an environment, and um, you know, I'm telling on myself. I remember one time we were in India and um, somehow somehow our team split and it it ended up with me uh, staying in one area with Aaron Harrison and everybody else went on to the next place and um I remember that morning going to minister and they were going to have communion and they uh, <laughs> they had the common cup. And I said to Aaron, okay, you know, we're coming to communion. I'm the guest apostle. I'm the minister. I'm going to be speaking. They're doing this right at the front. And the thing I thought of is Aaron you need to go up there with me first and you need to be the first one that sips out of that cup and me next. <laughs> That's what we did <laughs> because I thought, man, there are 250 people here and I don't know what they've, I don't know. And see, that's a, that's a terrible thing to think, isn't it? But it's common sense. Um, 
But I think I spoke about the blood of sprinkling and talked a little bit about communion and what it really meant. After that, they did the communion first, which was kind of, was okay. I wasn't expecting to do communion at all. But I thought, I would have, if you'd asked me, I'd have preferred you do it at the end after I had said what these things, some things about what these things really mean. But, you know, I've told a story on myself, but every time, no matter what we minister and then we're going into communion, the first thing I have to do is just put away all the preconceived patterns um, and um, maybe maybe we need to ask the Lord this week that for all the saints we would um, we would experience a new measure of understanding and a, and a new measure of um, um, experience in that in that table yeah i mean I, that, that's that's exactly what i'm sensing i mean i feel like he's he's preparing us for that and it's just we have to come with with hearts that are just really poised to, re to not only to receive but to partner because you know communion is not just about receiving it's about partnering and, and one of the things that I really love about it is that when we come to the table, you know, we all come and we receive of the same. It's not like you get a greater empowerment of the blood and I get a greater empowerment of the bread. You know, it's like we all come um, and we all receive. And I just, I really feel like there's something really special that he has for us on this yeah. Good Friday. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was um, I was looking at this passage in in Mark chapter fourteen, where Mark's version of uh, Mark's version of the 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 Lord's Supper is really truncated. It's very small. It's not as if it's not as big as John and certainly not as big as what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. Because, you know, in Mark 14, it says, uh, um, well, you, you've read it, you've seen it. But here the Lord says, uh, in verse 24 of Mark 14, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. And I say to you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine, until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And that new is kainos. And, and the big discussion about that is, what, what, what was Jesus referring to? Now, people who teach the, the scriptures in seminary or whatever, they'll say, most of them will say, that this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that somehow, with a drum roll and great fanfare, maybe uh, an orchestra of, of shofars blowing, Jesus will step up to the head of the table and 
he'll take a Welch's grape juice and he'll pour it and he'll say, okay, I've been waiting for this. The kingdom is here. But I think, and we've, refer we've referred to this, that Jesus says, I'll drink it kainos in the kingdom of God. That's happening now. And that somehow um, Jesus, every time we partake together with him, he's drinking this kainos empowerment of the blood. Um, and it's interesting, too, that he doesn't say that I'm not going to eat this bread until that time because basically we are the body of Christ now. But mm -hmm. the blood is only him. The, and, and so I always thought that was a very fascinating and unheralded um, passage of scripture um and doesn't the kind of like doesn't it relate to, i've literally got two workers standing right outside the window on the roof <laughs> in bright orange shirts ah. anyway doesn't doesn't I, i'm sorry that's just a little distracting uh, doesn't the kainos also relate to this, like the seasons that we're in? Like, isn't it yeah. somehow connected with the kairos? Yes, the kainos is whatever, whatever new thing is happening in the midst of the kairos moment, and and even the New Testament. This blood is of the New Testament, which he says in verse twenty-four, and that's the kainos diatheke, which we've taught about. Whatever. You need to pull out of that sheath um, for whatever's happening at the moment. Um, so the kainos really is, and the new wine. I mean, the new wine is kainos, is kainos. So it's whatever's happening in the harvest. And so you put all that together and you recognize that Jesus is with us in the kingdom as it's being manifested and that that cup of the blood which for the born again is the the blood of sprinkling but he's partaking of that in regard to what's happening in the kingdom so i think that is a very important thing to recognize and um i, I pray that the lord will help that to maybe the sprinkling of the blood upon us would help us to be more sensitive to the kainos moment and to what Jesus is doing right now with us, which I believe he's partaking of that with us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and too, I mean, just the sprinkling to ends and to purify us in those places, maybe that maybe hindered us from the, the new stepping into the, harvest or what yeah. has ahead for us yeah that's that's and, good yeah now see these are things that most people don't know they don't understand but there's so much there's just so much to the blood and the bread that he has given to us that he has shown us that we can grab hold of and own and 
and step into. And it's just that transaction of taking that bread and taking that blood is so significant for us. And I'm, I I just feel like there's something just really new and fresh that he has for us this week. And, well, you know, just immediately before that, of course, you know, he he broke the bread. And we've studied about that in so many different aspects. But the bread, the body of Christ, the breaking, that really indicates what God, what roles, what identity, what created, uh, what creative um, place in this body, or this temple, this tabernacle, that God has ordained from the foundation of the world for us to serve in. And so that, I think him breaking that then before he went and gave his body, that kind of thing is not negotiable. I mean, it's, it's un, it really, it can be developed, but it's unchanging in us. I mean, when, when we are born again, that identity as the body of Christ, in, in other words, we can't say, okay, today I'm the hand, but tomorrow I'm going to be the ear. No, that that's not going to happen. So the Lord isn't eating that bread every time we come together because that's already a set thing for us. I don't know. This is a big theological viewpoint. But that him drinking of the blood, this kynos, shows that he is administering, he is sharing the task ahead. You know, the, the body in commune with the Father represents our assignment and our identity. But the blood represents the empowerment and the disbursement of the task. So you have identity and task. And it's the blood that, it's that cup. And the cup is the task. I mean, the cup is the task. I mean, even what we read about with Joseph, with the silver chalice, that's the task. Yeah. And, and you, you've, got to, you've got to commit to that and look forward to the ongoing um, revelation of that. And then somehow that impacts our identity, but the identity stays the same. It just grows and develops. The blood, the sprinkling, as you just so beautifully said, speaks about where the Spirit is addressing in the new day. That's ever-changing. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But too, I mean, I, I, I hearken back to that first day of the seminar when we went in the sanctuary and we took communion. And it was so much on my heart for the saints that on that day, and I, I don't know if I relayed this eloquently, very, very eloquently, but there was something about the opening of our eyes and, and that we would hear him more clearly as we go into this new season. And I, I've really been, I've really been there before the Lord ever since then, as far as trying to just to grasp the significance of hearing him. I mean, we, we want to see him. We need to hear him. 
because our our identity and our function and really the fulfillment of that it hinges upon us hearing and obeying you can't obey if you haven't heard and so there's something you know i think you said something a couple months ago about how you know you were talking about he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches that is such that is so significant for us in this hour but i think that there's something too for us and and we did address this on that day but it's just kind of an ever-living thing for me that i've prayed for the saints that when he was walking with those men to a, from a, uh, on the road to emmaus um, after he had resurrected and and they didn't know who he was and and that he went in with them and he it says he broke the bread he didn't say he took the wine he broke the bread and they partook and when they did their eyes were opened and um, and then you know how the story goes but there's such a correlation between our eyes being open and us hearing him because think about all the all the way that in the in the in the books of the prophets where it says that you would hear that you would hear what but the Lord would see what the Lord is saying. You know how it's just kind of that interest combination of hearing and seeing. And I just feel like there's just something he has for us in our capacity to hear. And I know you've been in this place. You've been really being our forerunner in this place over this last season to so, you know, to be so in that narrow place where you are hearing so clearly from him to know exactly what to do, move, and when not to move. And, and, and I know you're still in that place because you have to be, because as an apostle, you gotta know when it's time to go forth. And I know that that's so much in your heart to hear him so clearly, to know when it's time to break forth. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I speak that over the saints too. And I speak that over you, that in partaking of the bread that as we break bread with him as 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 he's in our midst in the midst of us doing this that we would our eyes would be open but also our ears would be clearly attuned to hear him and that our that obedience that we would be obedient yeah and it's just, I mean, these are just some really unique days yeah. because things are not the way they used to be. I mean, things are ever changing, like you just said about the kinos. And uh, we can't really even depend on the way we've always done it in the past, the way we've always heard in the past, the way we've always seen in the past, it's even though those things are found. It's just there, there's something he wants to open to us. And I want it. I need it. And and I claim it you know, for, for this, this apostolic calling that we're standing in. So. Well, those are, those are great words. I, I thank you for that. I know it's inspired the our network's family. As you mentioned those guys on the road to Emmaus and how that Jesus, um, you know, he listened to them, and then he said, "You fools and slow of heart to believe." And he, and he talked about uh, <clears throat> what 
what Jesus had done uh, from Moses and the prophets. And, and then, but you said uh, that when, they, when he broke the bread and blessed it, then their eyes were open and they recognized it was him. But it doesn't say anything at all about the cup. And so to, so to me, when that happened, when the bread was broken, then they entered into a measure of accepting their responsibility and accepting their identity um, that was ordained of God from the foundation of the world. And, and it's almost like if people aren't willing to accept what God has called them to be and to embrace that identity and that role and stop playing around, um, if, if they don't accept that, they're never going to see the message. No matter how much anointing or no matter how many hands are laid on their head, no matter how many times some person prophesies over them or uh, no matter how many times they have communion, until they really enter into that identity as the body, what God has created them to be, they'll just argue. They'll, they'll talk about this and they'll talk about that and they'll parse words over scriptures and they'll talk about different kinds of truth and everything. But if you're committed to what God has made you to be from the foundation of the world and you're in commune with the Father, only then will your eyes be open and only then will you recognize the vitality of what Jesus has done and what your role in it is. Yeah. And, but it's not like a per, you know, people can go up and take the cup or be Catholicized and have the sanitizing holy water. And, um, but they, they can go through that ritual and still not see. But when they really come into the place of their destined identity and, and, and accepting that, then things make sense and they understand. I don't know. There's, there's, that was a, when you said that, it just, those words just, all the words were great, but that one just, boom, it just flew out there to me. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time here. Now, I remember. One of uh, Katie and I will watch that John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara movie, The Quiet Man. And I remember when he was supposed to be dating, John Wayne was supposed to be dating Maureen O'Hara. He went into the, the Catholic mass with her because they were Irish, you know. And he went over when she had her fingers in the holy water and he went in and stuck his hand in there too and I remember uh, her brother Danaher said that he was taking liberties with that John Wayne was taking liberties with his sister in the holy water and little Micheline <laughs> Micheline who was their chaperone said accused him of playing patty fingers in the holy water and he told them he says no patty fingers no patty fingers in the holy water 
that was just funny. I never thought about flirting with somebody in the holy water. Oh That's... man, patty fingers. That's funny. No patty fingers. Is that kind of like playing footsies? Kind of like playing oh, footsies? No, no. yeah. Well, I guess, I guess that does that does have some connotation. <sighs> well, um, so this Friday, tomorrow, I don't know what Wednesday Night Live will hold. I, I don't know what we'll share. But I, I think that, do you think it would be a good idea for the people, you, you had the people last week praying for, for individuals that God put on their heart every day. Should yep. people be partaking of communion every day this week? I would absolutely encourage that. I absolutely would. And honest, honestly, if anybody out there would like to connect with me and take communion, I am so down. But just if it's just you and you want to, to, to get before the Lord and, and sit down at his table. And I mean, we're always at his table, but we... He calls us to come to the table, and uh, I mean, I I would encourage it, and and that's just from a from a testimonial point of view, from something that I have been doing and felt like the Lord led me to do. So you know, I guess it's a personal decision. Well, I think I think that's a good thing for you to be sensitive to to see if that's what the spirit is asking. I also think that this coming Friday, you know, we're going to I will broadcast something from here at nine o'clock Dallas time. I want to thank Scott for putting together a uh, an icon. You know, each one of our presets have some kind of an icon. And uh, we'll broadcast this live with that. It's got the Saints Network with the heart. That's that's the that's the icon. So it's like for special messages that come out, like on Good Friday or whenever we do something that's rather obtuse, but it's directed by the Spirit. Uh, I don't know. We'll probably sh save it somewhere, but it'll probably be saved under the Saints Radio heading. So it'll broadcast live with the Saints insignia, but then, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say we can post it up on the Facebook page, on the Saints Network Facebook page hmm. as well, okay. just for the day. I mean, we can just keep it up there for the day. And once he uploads it, then I can quickly just transfer it, or not transfer it, I can upload it on Facebook. And I know a lot of people access that as well. It's very simple. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and, and the reason we don't have that, uh, icon on the website is that we didn't ask Kelly Morris. Scott just created this thing on Sunday. So we've not asked her to put it onto the website. It's not as easy as just clicking and dragging and putting it there. So it should be up as a live broadcast on the website at nine o'clock Dallas time. And we'll share communion together and then hopefully it will be archived soon thereafter onto under the saints network heading on the website and monica will do her very best to take this thing and put it up on uh the facebook page right did i say that right 
Yes. So, yeah. So just to clarify, at nine o'clock in the morning, when you bring the message, you're going to invite us to to share in communion during that hour. Right. We'll okay. initiate the day. To, so if, even though I'll have the yes. elements out earlier, um, I'll probably have them out by 730 if anybody wants to come. And I'll partake then, too. But I'm always happy to take communion. Um, <laughs> but then 9 o'clock is when we'll do it uh, together over the airwaves. Okay. Sounds good. Now, what day is this? And what this what time Friday. now? I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. What time is it? This is Friday, April at nine a.m. So it's tax day too. I think isn't that? Oh, is it 15th? really? Okay, wait. Is is April fifteenth is tax day, right? Yeah, I don't think Uncle yeah, Joe so is. I don't think he's extended it this year. So if there was ever a day you needed to be taking communion, it's tax day. <laughs> Well, I think Good Friday, Passover and Good Friday, I think it um, definitely trumps tax day. I mean, all hail Caesar, but you know what? All hail Jesus. <laughs> all hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel. Yeah, that's one thing I don't miss is putting together a song service. I don't miss that at Oh, that was such a whooping. She had oh, to put... Oh, tax day the 18th. Oh, it's oh, the 18th. It? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I just wouldn't... pulled it up on the calendar, and then Robin texted and said it's the 18th. They changed it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, have, I am pretty sure they didn't change it because it was a holy day. I'm pretty sure that's not the reason. Thank you, Robin, for listening to us down there in your... Apothecary chambers. I hope you've, uh, I hope you've worked on the the sanitizing holy water, and you're making some progress there. If you could put a little bit of a uh, light blue tint to it, so that we would know that it is really saintly, that would be helpful. Plus, you know, pure water is blue, right? I guess so. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe yeah. I mean, I always, I always associate it with being blue. I well, guess if you clear. When you go on a uh, a glacier, if you're walking on a glacier, you, you can see that light blue tint to that water. Of course, the yellow, any yellow stain, you want to stay away from. It has nothing to do with uh, wisdom and revelation. It's some other reason yellow. it's yellow. Or the yellow snow, too. You stay away from that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know what time it is. It's time... Now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. May you be blessed this week. Uh, may, uh, may the Lord be blessed. May all his saints be blessed. May all the dogs, including Hank, who's, who's saying amen, may the, the puppies be blessed. And uh, We look forward to reaching out tomorrow. So... Hope you've had a great time. We sure did. And God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Amen. 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 All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.